This week's episode of Quality Control is brought to you by Gamefly. Gamefly is one of the best ways that we've found to buy and rent all of your favorite games, including the subject of this week's episode, Call of Duty World War II. Now you can go out and you can buy all of the year's hottest titles, but wouldn't you rather try them out first? Gamefly lets you do that, and they're going to ship them directly to your door. And there's no late fees. For as little as 54 cents a day, you're always going to get that free shipping and you can cancel at any time. I would like to invite you to try Gamefly for free. That's right, free. Gamefly.com slash quality control is where you can start your free premium 30-day membership today. The premium trial is going to let you check out two games and or movies at a time. That's right, they do movies as well. You can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com slash quality control. Now go and sign up and start playing all of your favorite games absolutely free for the next 30 days. My guest today is Russ Frushtick. My name is Charlie Hall, and you're listening to Polygons Quality Control. Thank you for joining me today, Russ. We are going to be talking about Call of Duty World War II, which you just completed your review on uh, on November 6th. How are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, it's been a long month, as it has been for everyone, but uh, hanging in there. Man, has it ever. Just to, for, for those who've been been following games media in the last couple of weeks, uh, on October, was it October 27th? Yeah. Russ? Yeah. That was hell day. We had every game under the sun come out all at once. We actually still haven't even recorded all of those games that came out here on quality control. I was supposed to talk to Ben today about Wolfenstein, but uh, he had some technical issues. Regardless, there's plenty more games coming down the pipe, and one of them is the annual iteration of the Call of Duty franchise. And this is a big return to this franchise's roots, Russ. Tell us all about World War II. Yeah, so uh, Call of Duty World War II is developed by Sledgehammer Games. Uh, the last Call of Duty game they made was uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, which, you were, if you recall, was a futuristic um, game where people had, like, mech kind of exoskeletons and double jumps and lasers and all sorts of fancy stuff like that. Um, and, and the last few Call of Duty games have been futuristic in that style, um, this is obviously not that, uh, this is set during World War II and very much a return to, I guess, the roots of Call of Duty, which originated as a World War II franchise. Um, and, um, yeah, so, but it, you know, has all the standard modern Call of Duty elements, which is to say a campaign multiplayer and a zombies co-op mode. Now, I don't want to get too big into the spoilers here. So things I don't want to talk about, Russ, include that opening scene. I don't want to spoil that rush of the intro of the game for folks, although I myself am terribly curious. I don't want to ask you today. Um, what I do want to talk about, though, is just some of your general impressions and how the game, how the game gets all of its points across. So I want to start at the end. I want to start with multiplayer have you had a, a lengthy amount of time with this new divisions model and how does that change things up from the previous class-based systems that the call of duty really pioneered sure so so uh they introduced essentially it's a new system for create a class 
I am of the opinion, and I wrote this in my review, that essentially the changes are almost, I wouldn't say cosmetic because it does have some impact on the game, but presentationally, like the end result is essentially the same as create a class. You have these divisions that you pick from and the divisions uh, you can level up in actually quite quickly to unlock specific perks for that division. But functionally, you have that and uh, another mechanic um, uh, training, or I forget the name of it. But uh, functionally, all these things sort of combine to what is the traditional, you know, create a class system that has been in Call of Duty since Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I guess that's called Call of Duty 4. Um so although it it is presented in a different way, divisions essentially work the same way. Uh, you know, the more dramatic addition is this idea of a headquarters, which is a, uh, a 3D modeled area. Uh, it's modeled actually after like the be- a, be- uh, a base on the beaches of Normandy uh, after the allies have sort of taken it over. And you literally run around this area bet- like between matches or as you're waiting for friends to hop on. And you can pick up stuff like little bounties, if you will, and little missions. And you can create classes and customize stuff. And essentially, it's like a 3D representation of what most of the menus are doing anyway. Um, it's it's kind of neat uh, insofar as like you can see other people running around. You can actually see them calling loot boxes in from the sky, which is tonally a little bizarre. But I get it. Like, it's creative. Um, unfortunately when we reviewed it, uh, I reviewed it last week and it was working, but not great. A lot of the servers kept sort of going down over the weekend. Sledgehammer actually turned off the online function, uh, the multiplayer functionality of headquarters specifically. So n- at least for the time being headquarters is exclusively a single player thing that you do. So you still run around. There's just no other people except for the NPCs. Um, which what? Kinda, yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose of it existing. Um, so right now, as the game is live on playable servers, you're all alone in the social space. Yeah. As I understand it, the reason that happened is because it was trying to load a social space with lob- like a full lobby every time you finished a match, and it was causing all sorts of problems. So this was the solve. I'm glad they changed it because it was almost impossible to play the rest of the game while it was acting up. So at least there's that. But yeah, I mean, for this to be what I would say is one of the biggest different differentiators for the multiplayer and for it to essentially not work is pretty bad. Um, so that's a bummer. Uh, I would say the multiplayer gameplay itself is quite fun. Um, if you like Call of Duty, I don't think it changes very much at all in terms of the formula. It's boots on the ground, which hasn't happened in quite a while. Um, so you're, there's no double jumps and there's no like knee slides. It's a, a lot more slow and tactical. Um, but, uh, it's fun. I mean, I like, you know, the guns feel good and the perks, whatever it's call of duty. We've been here before. And so I, I'm not knocking that. I actually do find the gameplay enjoyable. It doesn't feel innovative in any way, shape or form. Uh, at least the core multiplayer doesn't. And that's kind of the problem. And I and I talk about this a lot in the review. Is that if it felt a lot like a lot of this game was really just resting on its laurels and just following the Call of Duty formula pretty closely. And where they deviate is maybe like ten percent of what the total game is, which is very traditional Call of Duty style. 
So while this is a return to the World War II um, setting for the Call of Duty franchise, it's it's one of the first times that we're bringing these score streaks over. One of the things that I really enjoyed about the game from E3 is how easy some of those early score streaks were to unlock and get in a, in a multiplayer match, but also how effective they were. Tell me about that flamethrower in multiplayer. Is that thing still so overpowered? Uh, I actually haven't used the flamethrower. I've used... Um the recon plane and there's like a, a bomb that you can kind of direct from the sky and stuff like that. Um, so they do have like period appropriate score streaks, which are neat. Um, I, score streaks were in uh, call of duty world at war, which was the first sort of, I guess, modern uh, world war two set uh, call of duty game. Um, and so it does kind of feel like that. Um, I didn't find them to be super easy to unlock necessarily the recon, plane which is like a pretty default call of duty usually it's a uav or something like that uh traditionally i if i recall correctly traditionally it's around three kills i think without getting a death or something like that or four this is like a flat five although there are perks that you can pick that will allow you to maintain your score after death there's one perk where you can essentially um you won't lose your current score, but all the score streaks are more expensive and you can only earn them once. So it's kind of the, uh, I guess, newbie um, solution to like, well, I can't get the score, score streaks because I can't get a streak together. But at least here you can sort of grind your way to some of the earlier streaks. The mode that, that uh, was introduced in this game, uh, there's a mode called War. The rest of the modes are play almost basically essentially exactly like you know, team deathmatch and kill confirmed. We've, we've been here before. There's a mode called war, which is set on a large open, a larger map for call, not like battlefield size, but a larger map for call of duty. And within that map, uh, it's a multi-objective. So at one point you might be like attacking a bridge and you like capture the bridge and then you have to build the bridge as the other team is trying to like hold you off. So it's kind of this asymmetrical um, multiple objective mode. And the mode's actually quite good. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, there aren't a ton of maps for it, but uh, I would say in terms of like new modes, that's pretty much the only one that really stood out to me. And I, I really did enjoy it. That's really good to hear because I was skeptical of it when I played it at E3. I'm going to have to give that a whirl. Another one of the multiplayer modes that fans look forward to every time around is this zombies mode. I've got to say that I've never played a zombies mode in a Call of Duty game. I don't know what to compare it to, but but how does this one shape up and, and does it get the job done? Sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think for people that haven't played zombies before, it's kind of something that's a little bit hard to wrap your head around. Um, essentially, it's a four-player co-op mode. You kill zombies, you earn money. With that money, you can buy new guns and explore deeper into what is a quite an enormous map. Um, and... In Call of Duty World War II, that model is completely kept. Um, the you know the baseline. This feels mostly like how Zombies has been over the last few years. Um, they do make one or, or two consolations to new players. Uh, one of the big ones is in Zombies. Traditionally, um, they're very vague about what you should be doing at any given time. Specifically, like your end objective. Um, and in this game, they actually give you like on-screen prompts like, hey, you should fill this gas tank or, hey, you should find these switches, which was like kind of a nice change of pace. And I think, you know, for people that get overwhelmed and feel like, oh, I need to read a giant wiki page to figure out what I'm supposed to do, 
at least this is like kind of an introduction to zombies. Um, they also added um, kind of an ultimate style, again, to bring up Overwatch. As you get kills, you'll eventually earn these power abilities like infinite ammo for a short time or unleashing these like sparks that kill nearby zombies. Um, and that's kind of a nice like, well, I have these stored up, so I feel like I can survive a little bit longer. Um, what, like force lightning? Like these World War II mm-hmm. soldiers put out lightning bolts? Essentially, yeah. It, it should huh. be noted the zombies mode is not a grounded recreation of World War II. Obviously, it's <laughs> uh, stylistically, it's it's kind of, uh, at least this one is like very uh, horror-inspired um, with like science-y, Dr. Fra- Frankenstein-esque elements to it. Um, and that that is in keeping with Call of Duty. I think this one is darker than most of the recent zombies maps have been. Um, I mean that literally like it's actually darker, but tonally it's also darker. Um, it's just like very gory and grim and kind of depressing, but it, it works. I mean, they, they nail the visual of it. Um, and, uh, so, you know, good, good on that at least. Um, but I, again, kind of felt like, I've done this before, right? Like this model, which they're very proud of and it sells a lot of copies and, and, and maybe that's part of the problem is that they have this very reliable product that they don't want to piss people off with. Uh, for me at least has started to get kind of stale. Um, and it just, uh, I don't know. It feels like I'm sort of coming to this moment where something needs to happen with call of duty to keep it, fresh in people's minds where while games like PUBG and stuff like that are starting to sort of reinvent what a shooter can be a multiplayer shooter can be. Um, and call of duty doesn't seem to be trying that at least right now. That's very interesting. I want to talk to you at least a little bit about the single player campaign. It's important to me. And I know it's important to a lot of other folks that are fans of the call of duty franchise, but first a quick word from one of this week's sponsors. This week's episode of Quality Control is brought to you in part by ZipRecruiter. What if hiring could be easier, more streamlined, and less time-consuming, so that even when you're busy, you could still be smart about the way that you hire people? Business gets more challenging every day. Time is of the essence, and ZipRecruiter is going to help you find better people faster. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just a single click. You can also rest easy knowing that your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then ZipRecruiter is going to put its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of you posting it so you receive the best possible matches right away. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidate with immediate results. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash control. I'm joined today by Russ Freshdick. We're talking about Call of Duty World War II. And Russ, I was really excited when I heard that they were coming back to World War II at the franchise. I was even more excited when they said that it was going to center around the U.S. Army's 1st Infantry Division. I'm a big history buff, but also 
uh, right next door to where I grew up was the first infantry division museum. So I actually have this kind of lifelong knowledge of the first infantry division and their exploits. It's a unit that's a hundred years old uh, this year as of like June or July this year, I believe was one of their, their very first engagements in, in world war one was in May of uh, 1918 and it was formed up in, in 1917. But anyway, does Call of Duty World War II play like kind of the first infantry division's greatest hits or is it its own thing? Sure. Um, so I'm definitely not a history buff, but I have, um, I'm pretty familiar, reasonably familiar with the first infantry division and, you know, obviously their, their, um, heroics on D-Day and, and the battle of the bulge and, and sort of, um, all that stuff. Um, and, and that really is it. Um, you know, I've, I've watched Band of Brothers, correct me if I'm wrong, that is also the first infantry, infantry division in Band no, of Brothers? No, that's the 101st oh, sorry, Airborne, that's Airborne Division. Sorry, that's right. my bad. Um, but uh, they obviously fought in very similar engagements. Um, uh, and in in this game, uh, we, are, we encounter, you know, battles that have certainly appeared in... Um, other games before uh, D-Day has been represented. Battle of the Bulge has been represented. Um, you know, various villages in the um, uh, uh, re- re- retaking of France have been represented, uh, Carentan or what have you. Um, and all of those um, sort of scenarios and scenes do return in this game. And I think it's it's definitely clear that the people who made this game had a lot of respect for the soldiers, as I certainly do, have a lot of respect for the soldiers that fought in these battles. But I think that they struggled with the idea of making an interesting modern shooter while also um, trying to be as historically accurate as possible and um, just offering like it just felt like they were kind of trying to obey two different masters. I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, I think one of the issues uh, with Call of Duty uh, with their campaigns is pacing. It's it's very difficult to make a game that's essentially about doing the same thing over and over again interesting. And one of the ways recent Call of Duty games have done that is environmental variety. Um, obviously, they've been able to rely on futuristic settings to go to different planets and, and stuff like that. This is not an option here. But um, by sticking with this single squad in this single division, um, you really do kind of feel the first half of the game essentially is in, for entirely in France. And most of the levels feel like pretty similar feeling. Obviously, D-Day stands out. But, the, you know, the green stone walls, cottages, like we've seen this imagery before. And you begin to, you know after a few levels of it begin to feel like, okay, you know, we've, we've done this before, whether it's in this game or other games. Um, it, it, there is a moment halfway through that they, they kind of branch out a little more. There's a, a very neat mission in the middle of Paris, kind of an undercover mission, but, uh, by and large, uh, the game struggles with pacing because you are sticking with these same environments and, and squad mates throughout the whole thing. Um, other games, other Call of Duty games even, have sol- solved this by um, dealing with both the Western and the Eastern front. So you'll play, you know, as a Russian soldier, and then you'll play as an American soldier, and maybe you'll play as uh, British uh, Secret Forces, stuff like that. 
So they try to do that a little bit, for, but by and large, you're pretty much playing just as this squad in the first in- infantry division. And it does begin to feel kind of stale. Uh, you know, the other the other issue that I kind of ran into was there's this element of <clears throat> frustration that I have with the game design. Uh, specifically, uh, you know, I was excited as you were about the announcement that World War II was going to be coming back. And I was really excited about the idea like, hey, what has Call of Duty learned over the last 10 years to make, you know, World War II weaponry and World War II environments and World War II gameplay feel wholly different and new from what we've experienced? And the answer to that is none of that shows up in the game. These are missions that could have very easily appeared 10 or 15 years ago. Now, obviously, the graphics look better. But gameplay-wise, they essentially feel the same. They've added a few things here and there, interactions with with your squad um, that feel okay, but not super great. Um, But by and large... They're they're like throwing you ammo and throwing you health packs and things like that. Yeah, they toss you like ammo and stuff like that. But the the way you get those things is you have to like find them on the map and run over to them and hit a button. And it just feels very clumsy and maybe that was because they wanted to make it feel more realistic like you would have to in battle find your medic and get him whatever to help you um but it runs contrary to what is an entertainment product and you see that dichotomy throughout the game where it's like okay here's a very serious moment and we're like holding it down and dealing with civilians and what do you do and then a second later you're in a jeep driving 60 miles per hour with a machine gun on the top of it, slaughtering like 60 German soldiers on a speeding train. Like that dichotomy is really kind of tough to swallow. And I get it. I get why it's a struggle, but I just, it's just, it's brutal. I mean, it it makes that kind of contrast just really evident. Well, based on the write-up that you did, and we'll link to uh, Russ Freshdick's review at polygon.com in the show notes, based on the, the, review that you wrote up our editors elected to give call of duty world war ii a seven and that's that's a solid score at polygon but but certainly not as high as some of the past entries in this series i've heard some uh, from some people on twitter like asking about this a score specifically like why wasn't it lower um in my opinion this is a fine game uh it works for the most part except for the headquarters thing uh, it works um it has a couple of like one or two like interesting missions. Multiplayer at its core is quite fun, although not innovative at all. So it, it's a struggle when, you know, our editors, I, I didn't pick the score. It's whoever's editing the copy basically picks a score based on how it's written. Um, but it is, it has, it's a struggle because you're like, well, it's not quite, I mean, it's not broken. And once you start getting to five and below, that's really like, broken territory and just having headquarters not work is um i don't know i didn't find it to be debilitating to the entire game um but it it is just kind of frustrating to see call of duty struggle in such a way um to just set itself apart And and that's where i think a lot of the uh score comes from and just a lot of the frustration look is it a bad game i don't think it's a bad game i honestly don't i think it's a fun game I think it does some fun things, um, but it's not a special game, and that's really what we look for uh, at Call at uh, at Call of Duty at Polygon. We're, you know, we want things that really stand out and feel special and different and new, and and something that people can get get excited about. 
And I just don't think this is that game, unfortunately. Well, thanks for your time today, Russ. Sure thing. And thanks to you at home for listening today. We've got a whole lot more on Polygon.com, including a survey. We don't often ask you guys a lot for your direct feedback, but we'd really like it this time. Head to Polygon.com slash pod survey. And give us your details about where you get your news. What do you think of our podcasts? Have you seen and listened to the Polygon show on Twitter? What about the other outlets that you get your gaming and entertainment news from? We want to hear about it. We want your feedback. We want your thoughts. Again, it's polygon.com slash pod survey. P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y. Until we've got another game to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Russ Freshdick. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Vox Media Podcast Network.